ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is the 315 with Brian Higgins. All right, rolling along here. Uh, they just uh, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. I don't. I can't even call this the Chamber of Commerce day here in Syracuse. They'd be confused by the actions of this afternoon. It is 68 degrees right now here in Central New York. A record is setting day. Apparently, the win against NC State last night has warmed us all. It is just absolutely glorious outside uh, here today. What we got you for the next hour and a half or so? Your calls uh, welcome down the line, but. Uh, right now, let's uh, bring in our friend from the ACC Network and uh, ESPN Properties at Large, uh, Drew Carter. Uh, welcome in, Drew. Um, I, I I don't know if I'm supposed to ask you this or not because I don't know what has happened to you, but uh, Jordan Jordan came into the break and, and told me that something unfortunate happened to you. I see you here. You look perfectly fine in the in the screen right now if people are watching on QSportsTalk.com. So I'm, uh, I'm frightened to ask you this question, Drew. Uh, what? What unfortunate thing just happened to you? Well, Brian, I'm not perfectly fine, despite my facial expressions. We call that acting. Okay. Uh, I was fine because it's a great day in Connecticut, just like it sounds like it is in central New York. Thank you, Wayne Mahar, for bringing a nice, crisp, mid-February day. Shout out to Wayne. But but Uh here's what happened. I just got back to my apartment, and I came back from the gym. I had an acai bowl from last night that my lovely girlfriend got me. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. Nice and, and healthy I was of bringing you. It yeah, I was bringing it back from her place. Open up my gym bag, which I had not only my gym clothes in, but also uh, some of my clothes from last night when I was in studio for the Syracuse game. So Uh-oh. like nice dress pants and an undershirt. Open up my bag, and you can probably tell where this is going, Brian. What do you think happened? Well, I'm hoping the blazer was. I mean, you were working a nice blazer last night, so I'm guessing you have uh, a lot of. You've got some dry cleaning in your in your near future. It sounds like. Well, and this is just for the folks watching. So if you if you're only listening on radio, you got to queue up the live stream because I'm turning my computer right now. Going in my apartment. So where uh, Drew is turning his computer, what? Did we? Did we? Did the turning of the computer cost us Drew's audio? Drew's. Did Drew freeze? Oh, I think I'm back now. Okay. Can you hear me? I, I can hear you, Drew. I, I, your, your visual. We missed the visual. I'm not quite. Were you showing a mess on the floor? Or it kind of froze there for a second. Well, I, I got most of the acai off the floor, but I'm. All, <laughs> I do have a bag and some boxer shorts mm. and some shoes in my kitchen area because I went straight to the sink to try to get all the acai off. And I think I'm going to be finding that stuff for like a week. It's like when you go to the beach and you find yeah. sand everywhere, you don't <laughs> want to find it for a week. That'll be me with acai. I still have some in my car from this summer. It's just, it's, per, it's a permanent fixture now. Uh, yeah, those shoes, uh, good luck on the shoes, Drew. That's going to be the worst part. The rest, the rest of it, like you toss it in the washing machine, you're good. The shoes, yeah, you're going to be squishing around weird for... For a minute, so yeah, I uh, I I don't know if we need to apologize for this, but I, I'm sorry this has befallen you right before your your appearance on the show today. This uh, this really puts a damper on the remainder of your day. I know I'll, it it puts a magenta colored damper on the rest of my day, the color of acai. But yeah. I will say this, and I was saying this to Jordan before we came on. This is what life's all about, right? Living and learning. This is why the human species is what it is. Why it's advanced past other species. The name of the game in evolution is learning what works, learning what doesn't, 
and moving on. So it took me until I was in my mid twenties to figure this out, but I'm never going to put an acai bowl in my bag again. Yeah. I mean, back in the day it was don't get eaten by a tiger. And uh, now we're to the point (laughs) of uh, don't put the really colorful foodstuffs in a poorly sealed container in the bag with your other clothes. So we, we, we live and we learn, we live and we learn. All right, true. Um, I could actually keep talking to you about this for the next 15 minutes, but we should probably talk about the basketball game last night. Yeah. When your clothes were unsoiled and you were looking quite dapper on our uh, television at at halftime last night, and uh, man, like you, you watch these games, Drew, and you cover this league. Like Syracuse, and this league is so weird this year. Like, who's the best team? Who's not the best team? Who the heck knows based on a given day? Like, right now, at this very second, it feels like Syracuse can play with any of these guys going down the stretch. And. That's probably also a statement, right, Drew, that doesn't just apply to Syracuse right now. Yeah, well, Brian, I I was actually venting about this a little bit last night off the air uh, with Luke Hancock and Joel Berry, who I was doing the halftimes with. And I said, you know, if I see one more person talk about how great the Big 12 is, I mean, people are just lining up to give the Big 12 a little sugar in the back room, if you know what I mean. I mean, it's just a Big 12 love parade everywhere. And the network I work for is... Definitely guilty of it. That'd be ESPN. And thank God we have ACC Network, little old ACC Network, to carry the flag for the ACC. Because if you look at the advanced statistics, you know, I love Ken Palm. I'm an early subscriber to Ken Palm. I've renewed my subscription like five times. But Ken Palm somehow has the ACC as the seventh best conference behind the WAC or the Mountain West, one of those two. Yeah, yeah, Mountain West is up there. Right. And then all the other usual suspects. And Listen, I think the ACC, I'm not going to say it's better than the Big 12. It's not better than the Big 10. I think it's just as good, if not better, than the Pac-12 and maybe the SEC. But look, the ACC, to have the solo first-place team, Pittsburgh, currently has a nine seed in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, it just doesn't add up to me. And I think Joe is right. Like Joe understands this stuff better than anybody. He literally wrote the book on bracketology. I'm just trying to figure out what that means for the league um, and how that's even possible based because I know Joe uses history and he understands the committee really well. So how is Pittsburgh a nine seed? I get the non-conference wasn't great. They lost to Vanderbilt. Best one was probably over Northwestern, who's not that bad, by the way. But look at what they've done in conference play. Like, this is not a bad league. I, I honestly believe that. Look at what they do in March every season. I think since the turn of the century, they have more wins than anyone else so this is a good league and like it's it's the same thing that happens in football where if a team toward the bottom of the standings beats a team near the top the narrative just depends on which league you're talking about if it's the sec it's wow look how deep the sec is arkansas can beat alabama and oh it's amazing and wow so deep but if it's the acc oh north carolina loses to a team near the bottom oh the league sucks they have no good teams like it's just you can't you cannot be so inconsistent the same thing seems to be happening in basketball and i honestly believe it's a really good top to bottom league like virginia tech has nine losses in conference they're not bad i think they'd be middle of the pack in the big 12 i really do uh syracuse same thing and you know you see it with the orange last night and here we go again with syracuse they've won three in a row seems like judah and jesse might carry them to the bubble or maybe even beyond it so i know that's a a lot of stuff (laughs) right off the bat brian but we were just talking about that, and Luke, of course, agreed because he's an ACC guy. But the league deserves some respect. 
you know it's crazy and you know we, we we are starting to break this down more and more like a few weeks ago it was not very pertinent when it came to Syracuse but it is becoming uh pertinent now but look at Clemson like Clemson's been sitting they're not in first right now but they were in first in the league for a lot of the season there there's 18 and 7 right now 10 and 4 in the ACC and speaking of Lenardi just clicked on the bracketology as of this second they are they are the last team in this bracket they're 10 and 4 in the ACC and what are we doing yeah part of what i brought up yesterday drew is and it's not wrong like Okay, the ACC lost important games in November. It feels like that is having, like, in the last few years, and I don't know if it's the change to the net that has, you know, shifted how it's going or just we're way more focused on it now than we used to be, but it, it feels like the first third of the season is many ways more important than the last two-thirds of the season uh, now, which just feels odd. 100% totally agree and it's a flaw with how we do bracketology and then ultimately with how the committee will select and seed these teams I saw somebody say Brian the other day this is statistically the ACC's worst season since any of these advanced metrics came to pass like mm-hmm. Torvik and Ken Palm and Sagarin and all that again does anybody know how those work even for individual teams <laughs> let alone for a conference as a whole so that's one part but the other part is I'm sitting there and I'm thinking didn't we just do this? Didn't we say the same thing last year? Like, is the ACC going to be a one-bid league? Oh, mm-hmm. my God, Carolina's not going to make it. Oh, my God, Duke's the only team that's going to make the tournament. And then we're, there we were with two teams in the Final Four and Miami in the Elite Eight beating Auburn, who was number one for a good chunk of last season, going to the Elite Eight. They're better this season. And it's like, guys, what what else do you look at aside from the tournament? Not to sound like Jim Beheim, It's the only thing that matters, but... What else do you look at to judge a conference aside from tournament performance? Because you cannot tell me these teams are carbon copies of what they were in November. I just won't buy that. And so you don't have a chance because the ACC only plays conference games from New Year's Day on to prove yourself. Maybe what it is, Brian, is it's a flaw with the league scheduling. Maybe they need to go out and schedule one or two interconference challenges uh, to prove themselves against teams outside of the ACC. But now we're in this... We're in this cycle, and it's a downward spiral for the ACC in the eyes of everyone else outside of the conference that, oh, everybody sucks, and so they can only play each other, so they don't have a chance to prove that they don't suck. Yeah, and then it's the opposite in the Big 12 and the Big 10. Well, everybody's great, so no matter what, every game is a big win for somebody, which is uh, wild. And I don't know what you think about this, Drew, and Drew Carter, ACC Network, and uh, all of the various ESPN properties as our uh, guest here that even more so now, add, adding that to transfer portal era combined with the NIL, but it's more the idea of the player movement that comes with the portal, That and maybe it's affected the ACC more than other leagues this season, that I have, I have no idea. But who you are in November is way less like who you are in March even now than it used to be. I mean, obviously there are always changes during the year, but like take Pitt. I mean, forget Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Take Pitt. The team is completely new. They're veterans, but they're new. Like, who cares what they were in November? They figured it out. Well, I'll tell you where they figured it out. They figured it out in the Dome the last game before Christmas, and they haven't unfigured it out since. Like, and I, I get it. You got to yeah. you gotta do something based on something, right? You can't ignore the games at the beginning, but it, it feels like common sense has left the building and stuff like that. Exactly. And again, I go back to March performance. Like, everybody's sweetheart. Big 12, I know they've won back-to-back national championships, but it's not like the Big 12 – has put like six teams in the Sweet 16 every season because it feels like that's what we're doing. Like everyone's going to mm-hmm. get their bracket and, oh, yeah, Baylor, sure, they'll be in the Sweet Oh, Kansas, yeah, absolutely. Kansas State, TCU, Iowa State, everybody's so great. You can go down the line and everybody thinks that these teams are like elite of the elite 
Do we know that Pittsburgh, as it's currently constructed, isn't better than Kansas State, TCU? I don't. I actually, I would take Pittsburgh on a neutral site based on what we've seen. I know, of course, we're all biased here because we cover a team in the ACC. But, you know, you're so right. Like, Pittsburgh is completely new. Half their starting lineup is made up of transfers. Uh, North Carolina is a team that you would expect to have things figured out by November, and they're disappointing. But how about that's a reflection of the rest of the league, Mm -hmm. not just North Carolina? Like, how about we give credit to teams who beat NC as opposed to saying, well, Carolina's awful, and that must mean the ACC is awful. It's just it's an echo chamber that does not make any sense. And I just go back to what they do in March. And the ACC has been the most successful conference in March in recent memory. And I think the same thing will happen this year. Like, if Pitt is a nine seed as the one seed in the ACC tournament, like, what are we doing? Like, throw the entire process out and try it again. It's like all my clothes with the acai all over them. (laughs) Throw it out. Buy a new set and just try it again. We're putting the brackets and Drew's laundry in there at the same time. We'll see if we can get it uh, uh, cleaned up. I I do have Lenardi coming up on uh, Monday. So, uh, for one, that's why Syracuse is winning these games, I think, just to drive him mad because (laughs) uh, that's Syracuse's lone goal in life. But I'll be intrigued to ask Joe. Like, Joe does a great job. You know, he he looks at what you're supposed to look at based on what he's told to look at. Uh, I'll be interested to ask him, okay, this is what you're supposed to look at, but maybe what should we be looking at? Like, what's a different way? Uh, to do right. it. Maybe, maybe this is the best way to do it. I don't know, but it, it's interesting to look at. All right, Drew Carter is uh, with us from the ACC Network. Uh, what did you make of last night, Drew? Because that was, uh, you know, throughout the first 10 minutes, I guess, which is what we're trying to do with this season. Like, the last 30 minutes of that game was a pretty high-level basketball game, I, I think, by by both teams last night in the Dome. I, I thought that was just a fun fun game to watch between the Houston and NC State. Total blast. Right down to the last second when Terquavion Smith was actually kind of close to knocking that shot down from like 55, 60 feet, which would have sent it to overtime. Um, It was an awesome college basketball game. And and again, not to, you know, beat this horse, which is already dead, but watch the ACC games and tell me that league isn't good. Like those were two teams. I think NC State's fifth in the standings and Syracuse is in the middle of the pack. That was a great game between two good college basketball teams. And I I think you could say that was a March Madness level game. Uh, My takeaway from a Syracuse perspective is Jim Boeheim isn't messing around anymore. The bench played 13 combined minutes last Mm -hmm. night, which has to be a season low. Uh, Every starter was above 34 minutes. Jesse played all 40 for the second time this season, which is Wild because, you know, we're all old enough here to remember when Jesse Edwards wasn't ready, as Jim Beheim said a couple of years ago, and it felt like he would average one foul every 30 seconds. So for him to play all 40 minutes twice in a season is pretty crazy. ESPN Stats and Info told me last night that he's the first Syracuse player with multiple 15.15 rebound games in a season since Rakeem Christmas in 2014-15. He also shot his first three and and made it and actually looked kind of good. Maybe he can do some more of that down the stretch. But now the big takeaway is, is Bayheim's tightening the rotation, which he often does. Um, I feel like it might've taken a little longer this year than it typically does as he figures out who can play and who can. Um, but they've won three in a row now. And I think they've looked pretty good doing it. And I would be scared to play them if I were anyone else in the ACC. All right. Last thing for you, Drew, Drew Carter, ACC network is our guest. Uh, what do you think's happening here the next uh, three weeks? Like I'm looking at the schedule. It feels like Pitt's got the easiest road to, to win in this league here in the regular season. What do you think's going to happen here during the last few weeks in the ACC? 
Yeah, I think Pitt has a pretty easy schedule. We we put up a graphic last night. They've got like a 70% chance to win, I think, four of their last six. I, I'm sure I'm messing that up, but that's via ESPN analytics, which probably give them like a 2% chance to make the NCAA tournament, even as the, <laughs> the number one seed in the ACC as we sit right here. Um, I think you're right. They've got a pretty easy road. I feel like it'd be insane to bet against either Virginia or Miami at this point. And covering the ACC... I have fallen in love with this Miami team. Uh, I think they're so fun to watch. Speaking of tight rotations, Jim Laranega doesn't mess around. They don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of size. But it doesn't seem to matter because they have more shot makers and playmakers than anyone else in the league, maybe more than anyone else in the country. Uh, They're the best offensive team in the ACC. I love their guys. Jordan Miller's my favorite player to watch. If you haven't seen him, you gotta. He's a lefty who's super smooth and super effective. Norchad Omir is like 6'7", 250. He's an absolute hulk down low. Miami is my bet, uh, aside from the schedules. I think you're probably onto something with Pitt's schedule, but I would want to bet on the Hurricanes. All right, true. Always good to chat. Something wacky will happen in this league, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk again about it in the few weeks. So we're going to let you go do your laundry, my friend. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk again here before too long. All right, guys. Thanks. Love it every time. All right, Drew Carter, ACC Network, who is, whose house is covered in the remains of his acai bowl from last night. RIP to Drew's workout bag. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, Pat's on the line. We'll chat with Pat when we come back. Quint Kesnick, top of the hour. After this is QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.